volunteers are needed to help answer the telephones during our upcoming pledge drive. From Saturday, March 7th at 7 a.m. through Sunday, March 15th at 6 p.m. To sign up for your shift, please call 469-6600 during weekday business hours. That's from 9 to 5. Or send an email message anytime to chris at wru.org. And thanks to everyone who's already signed up for a phone shift. Support for WERU health-related programming comes from the Penobscot Bay Press, committed to providing community news and information, publishing three weekly newspapers, the Weekly Packet, Island Advantages, the Casting Patriot, the annual Bay Community Register, the Summer Seasonal Guide, and more. Also on the web at www.penobscotbaypress.com. It's just a few seconds after 10 o'clock, and you are tuned to WERU-FM, 89.9 Blue Hill, 102.9 Bangor, and streaming online at WERU.org. Healthy Options with host Rhonda Feynman is up next. Good morning. Hi, uh, this is Healthy Options. I'm Rhonda Feynman, and I have two wonderful guests here today. Arifa Beeler began her astrological study in 1972 in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Besides having a BS in pre-medical studies and a master's in special education, she studied many different bodywork modalities, flower essence therapy, and plant spirit medicine. She brings a knowledge of group dynamics using the Merrill Weir Percept Orientation, which is a psychological understanding and uh, from the archetypical vantage point. She uses and teaches astrology through a many-faceted lens, has 28 years of experience in astrological counseling. She works with groups and individuals and has worked with Alexandra, and they've been teaching together for more than a decade blending astrological study and women's group process work. And they both do five uh, together, five-day experiential retreats in Maine. Alexandra Merrill has a BA from Smith College and a master's from Yale University. She's president of Merrill & Associates, a teaching and training consulting business whose primary focus is creating adult learning structures. Additionally, she's developed many projects that focus on women's individuation, women's rights, women's development, and building sustainable grassroots women's coalitions in the U.S. and India. She works in teams as an ally, working across the deepest differences in the service of social justice and striving to dismantle oppressive structures. She's a board member at the um, Hope Springs Institute and is also a co-founder of International Women's Leadership Collaborations. She's an ardent student of astrology, I guess as all of us are, mm -hmm. and along with uh, Aretha, our other guest, conducts experiential astrological seminars, again combining astrological study and women's group process. They're both here today to talk to us about how we can maintain health and balance through the lens of astrology, and in particular the way the aspects of the moon, the lunar cycle, affects all of us. Wow. Welcome Alexandra Merrill and Aretha Beeler. Thank I know. you, Rhonda Feynman. Thank, Thank you. you. It's great to have you. So I guess we should start with a little bit of a framework. You know, people hear astrology, they have their own ideas of what's what we're talking about. We're going to get really specific about the moon and such, but maybe we could get a little bit of a, an introduction briefly for the th thousands of year tradition, just mm -hmm. a brief, brief, brief uh, sentence or two, yeah. <laughs> um, about how we can put this in a context mm -hmm. and then and go from there. You start, Rafe. Okay. Well... Um, it's, uh, like you say, it's a thousand-year tradition, but I think the, for the main thing is that it, it's, um, it, it demands that we have to go, um, we have to go beyond our, um, 
our um, intellectual minds to even come to let astrology be a, a, a phenomenology in our lives. And this, I think, is where many people, especially in the Western cultures, run into problems, which I did, of course, when I began to study it. Uh, you have to you sort of hit a wall in your capacity to understand how could this ever be possible. Because what we're talking about is the solar, the movement of the solar systems, solar system, our solar system, um, uh, and the planet, and how the planets are in relationship to each other. And the basic premise of astrology is that each planet is uh, manifests in each in the human psyche as an archetypal energy. And of course, that's a leap in in a rational thinking mind because there is no um, scientific proof of that except the empirical evidence from the years and years of doing astrological work for people. And so this, so that to really um, just know that there's a phenomenology out there that is mirrored in the human psyche is the basic structure of astrology. But it, it has to be a leap of faith, but it isn't really faith once you do a lot of charts and it seems pretty... Hmm. Practical. <laughs> I came towards astrology because I'm always studying cultures, human cultures, and uh, traveling and working in other contexts. I was noticing that whatever the religion was or the spiritual practice was, it was always culture-bound. So wasn't there going to be something that was a cosmology that is older and wider and deeper than the religions and the spiritual practices and the tribal cultures and the commercial cultures? What would be underneath everything that would provide a lens on my small woman's life? A lens that was strong enough to make me feel I can see myself through that cosmology or worldview. And the astrology was the one that uh, pulled me in more than any of the other systems I had studied. Yeah. So, so we're talking about these universal aspects, yeah. literally, out mm -hmm. cosmic mm -hmm. aspects, but somehow we can talk about them in terms of our individual lives and in terms of mm -hmm. our individual bodies. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe you could give an example of that in, in the work I think we're, we're talking about the, the moon aspect and, and how that lives in the physical. Maybe we could, we're, we're talking, when we talk about astrology, are we talking about the, the stars or are we talking no. about the moon? What do we, what aspect of this cosmic? We're talking about planets. Okay. You know, basically, it's the sun and moon form the core story. They're, and this is where what's happened in, in, um, in Western culture and, and so consequently with astrology, it's the solar lens. And so everyone knows their sun sign. And what is your moon sign is more difficult to know because you actually have to either have a book to find out or to talk to an astrologer. But, and, but to really think of the sun and moon as equal and, 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 their, and their placement in the heavens as influencing us as individuals and that relationship and that's the core of astrology and then the rest of the planets around that have their sphere of influence and they are part of the archetypal story that every human shares and so it's really the sun moon there and then the planets around that 
Um, I mean, the moon, of course, we know goes around the earth, but it's like that. I'm coming back to the personal here. Good. When I started <laughs> to be interested in studying astrology, I started shopping around. So mm. I went to many different astrologers. And usually, no, always, I did not like what I was told. Mm. I right. wanted to have a different <laughs> yes. chart because there were things that were told to me that didn't suit me at the moment. So I would go on to the next one. And finally, I went as far as to the other side of the planet to listen to a Vedic astrologer read me my chart, which looks totally different, is totally different. It's nothing like what I'd been used to. And he told me the same story. And I was so cross that day. It's when you, you and I were over there together working in, in India. In, yeah, in Varanasi. And um, that's when I surrendered. Yeah. So, okay, I've and got said, this chart. And this system of meaning is telling me the same story about a pattern of my fate. And I can't change my fate. That was a very hard uh -huh. realization. But that did it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think the question of fate and not fate is one that mm -hmm. always triggers things. And so... It's really fun, you know, that we have the name of our website is Patterns of Fate because it's like putting it out there because of this phenomenology. Because really, a chart does describe a certain fateful phenomenon that we are living with. It's mm -hmm. like we're born with blue eyes or brown eyes. You know, if we're born in Aries or a Taurus, we, we have a very different fate. Or another way to say it is yeah. it that is that at the moment of any human birth, yeah. there's a particular cosmic alignment. Yeah with which that birth has resonance. Yes. Yes, that's good. So the birth yes. chart is a mirror, if you will, uh -huh. of the inherent potential yeah. in that human soul as it relates to the cosmic uh, vibrations yeah. at that moment in time or yeah. whatever we call time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it really, it, I mean, and that's to me what we... What you you know that's what how astrology can serve in a with a person in their understanding of themselves is because there is a blueprint out there, and it had to do with the moment of birth and the position of the planets and their relationship to each other. So it's a big leap, like I said before. But but as and the job, of course, of the astrologer is to stay clear because there's many different astrology opinions about how to read this thing, as there are astrologers. So we all have a different lens, and as Alexandra was saying, she went to many astrologers and trying she, to hear the right thing. <laughs> and she got, you know, probably similar stories, not the same story, but you're, there's going to be something that is very much the same, no matter mm -hmm. who you go to. Because each planet has a particular characteristic, mm -hmm. right. and and then, and we don't necessarily need to go into every single one, but no, you know, but as, as it comes up, but but and then we know that the sun energy, in you know, I'm thinking of if you talk about different historical and different cultural mm -hmm. aspects, and you know, my lens of uh, as Asian medicine, we see we talk about yin and yang. Mm -hmm. We talk about the heaven and the earth, and we talk about the sun mm -hmm. as uh, big heaven, yang, moving energy. Mm -hmm. And would that be fairly similar? Is that a context? Totally similar. It's mm -hmm. like the sun, the sun sign. You can say describes the power source in a person. So it's really important that a person align themselves in their lifestyle with the quality of that sun sign. Mm -hmm. And it's different for every sign. But as you do that, you actually feel more life force in you 
then like say for instance there are the astrology is based on the elements and so there's four uses the four element system and there if you have say a water sign you have to live your life from the watery place so it's a sun energy but it's from water what so, does that mean well it means that you live it from much more the emotional the feeling place and you need time water needs time to feel into so it can't speed up its life too much. And if you speed up, you know, you, we think of life force and we think of yang energy. But if your sun sign is in a water sign, then you want to live from a much more feeling place. So, and the more you do that, the more life energy you have. So it, it's kind of oxymoron. And, and astrology is filled with those kind of things that you have to work with this and this. And and. And we all lead these very complex lives, as we know in ourselves. And so astrology describes that complexity with great mm. um, subtlety. I want to start us into mm. talking about the moon. Oh, yeah. And uh, as is often the case, the moon story is eclipsed behind mm-hmm. big talk on the sun story. Yeah. And <laughs> I just want oh, to make sure right right that we bring full presence to the moon mm-hmm. and what is the lunar part of any one of us especially in my interest area mm-hmm. a woman's life I came towards the moon as a feminist long before I came towards astrology uh, listening to women all over the world making fun of lunatics <laughs> and being afraid of being a loony and uh, ostracizing other freaky moon-type women. And I didn't quite understand that. I knew it was happening. But it has something to do with the solar culture eclipsing the lunar culture mm-hmm. and the lunar culture being an ancient women's mystery mm-hmm. story. And that's where we're returning to balance this big, hot, in-your-face solar energy Mm -hmm. with something complementary and very other, Mm -hmm. which is the lunar aspect of the self as it manifests in balance with the solar aspect Mm -hmm. in the chart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it gets back to what you were talking about, Rhonda, in your system of acupuncture of the yin-yang, which is in those ancient systems is always the yin yang is always together. You can't have one without the other. And I think it's true in astrology, but as it got taken by the culture, it, it became much more dominant solar. Mm. And, and the consequences of that in a person's life, if they live in themselves in dominant solar, is burnout. Because the purpose, the main, one of the main purposes of the moon is regulation, as we know with its title pulls and everything and so it's the same within our psyches is the phenomenology of regulation and um, tending to the internal need and so the the balance of that the yin yang the um, being doing the nurturing action parts of ourselves are are spoken to and that story is spoken to by the dynamic of the sun sign and the moon sign and how they interface together and that's where we were thinking Mm. we can actually see and embody a healthy option yeah. mm-hmm. for living is to understand the interaction between the sun and the moon mm-hmm. in the psyche and then allow that harmony to mm-hmm. manifest as mm-hmm. a path 
and life, which of course is influenced by all the other planets. But mm-hmm. this is the core of it. The core of it, yes. Is, it's uh, finding power equity between the solar and the lunar aspects yeah. of yeah. female consciousness. And I love that word. That's great, power equity between the two of them because it's so um, – I mean, because you could have, you do have people who live in dominant lunar, and then their lives never have direction, and they're always in fluid, and never, there's nothing ever happens. She's go, just a loony. Well, they go in circles, you know. It's, <laughs> yeah, she just goes around in circles, and, circles. and no, there's no, nothing, nothing young. And of course, we know the young part, and or the action part, and so that power equity and get the, getting them in right relationship to each other, and sometimes it's a difficult story in some people's lives because of the. Conflict between the sun and the moon in a chart, and the educational systems. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That favor solar conscience and consciousness over lunar. So, would you think that uh, some of this is intuitive? That we're many of us, or all of us, are feeling and experiencing the lunar aspect of ourselves, but because but we we don't label it, or we not conscious of it. I think that's right. I think it's the the lunar consciousness is in our cells, especially as women, because the tides affect us and the stars affect us in our menstruation, in our our monthly rhythms, our mood swings. You Mm -hmm. can put it off to estrogen, balance or imbalance, but ultimately I come to, to take this stand because I live by the river and I watch the tides and I watch the moon and I've been studying for a long time. This is where I wanted to start doing moon groups uh, because I was seeing such a direct connection between the phase of the moon and the state of mind, body, spirit mm-hmm. in myself and in other women. Mm-hmm. So, so that's then, where our... So then gro- the phase of the moon gets into a whole nother, yeah. down another layer. But I, um, Where are we right now? What's the phase of the moon right now? We're in the first quarter phase. First quarter. We've just had a beautiful new moon. Yeah, and now it's it's at the you know the half moon phase. So we had a. It's in a waxing phase. So it's coming up to full. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? What's the energy? Or let's Mm -hmm. say you did someone's chart and said, "This is this is your moon." What what? How would that be interpreted for that individual? I mean, obviously. uh, Yeah. You know, you'd have all the other aspects as well. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, there's with in astrology, with you're doing a chart for a person, you you look at the sun moon relationship of when they were born more than what's happening now. Uh, okay, it's more the sun that relationship. So that if a person was born at a new moon, which was right after the you know the fairly tiny moon, um, that's a that's a very different energy, which has to do with the just just the initiation of the. It's dark at that point. It's dark at that. It's new a dark moon, moon. A new moon is when it's dark. It's dark. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it has that burst of energy. It's because it's like the seed has just broken out of the shell and it's beginning to grow. But it does. It's still underneath the dirt, so it doesn't really know where it's going. So, uh, new moon people have that impulse. They they've got a, a drive in life to start things, and they do it. But they don't. Sometimes they don't know where they're going, or they have that feeling of, oh, it just, it's just an energy that's with them. initiating energy, a way initiating energy. But it's not necessarily directional yet. So yeah, let's talk about the phases. So we'll have a, a, a place 
okay. to place mm-hmm. what we're talking about in the larger group dynamic mm-hmm. context. So let's okay. take a few minutes. So after the after the new moon, we have the crescent. Yeah, once you start. Yeah. No, you go from there. You st- yeah. you started, and I'll pitch in. Okay. So the crescent moon phase is more if we take the metaphor of the seed, because the beauty of this uh, moon phase, you know, as a phenomenon, is that it's everywhere. And, you know, if we think about the resistance, because the moon waxes and grows and then it descends and goes back to death, basically. And so the unwillingness to go in the waning cycle is what we're seeing rampant in our culture to really let this moon phase happen to, you know, that we want the market to keep growing, 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 for instance, and never... The economy, you know, yes. and it and it does it naturally. It does the bull bear thing naturally. And so it's go going back to, to the uh, beginning, and let's talk around all eight phases. Okay. So anyway, so yeah, we sort of got off on a tangent. <laughs> anyway, well, too much Gemini energy. We're going to yeah. be off. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll be in India right. by the end of. No, we're yeah. used to this. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, back to the. <laughs> To the uh, moon phases. So, okay, so then if we start this cycle, this cycle is everywhere in all of the natural world. So we, but I I like the The natural world, the seed metaphor is the Mm -hmm. the simplest that we all know. Because so the new moon is the just breaking out of the seed. Life has started for whatever reason, the conditions are right. It's still under way underground. But it is that burst of newness, it, and, and so the, what it takes to start the seed is in the new mood people. But then it's already started. It's got a new little sprout growing, and that's the crescent moon phase. There's no, it's it's already initiated, but it, now it has to get somewhere. And so the crescent moon is that struggle of the seed to get out of the dirt and the rocks and to make its way to the light to get up to grow. And so crescent moon people know about the struggle of life. They know how to, they just do it. They're willing to engage in the push towards something. Mm-hmm. But it's not as as initiating as the new moon was. But it still has that, it's very strong. Perseverance. Perseverance, right. And perseverance is a great word for that phase. And then, and it it's now that crescent moon that we see in the evenings that's beautiful. That's the crescent moon phase. And then it moves, and each each section is 45 degrees because it's an 8, 360 divided by 8, so 45 degrees for each section. So the next section is the uh, first quarter moon where we are now. And this is sort of like the type A personality because it's out of the ground now and the seed is growing fast. This is springtime energy growth. It's just growth. And so people of this phase are that they they like when things are happening that way. They need it in their lives. It doesn't matter. The the interesting thing about the moon phase in a chart, the the sun-moon relationship, is that no matter what else is going on in the chart, this is like a drone stream. So the person may not have a dynamic chart, but if they've got a full uh, quarter, first quarter moon phase, they're going to have a quality of dynamism in their how they do themselves. So it, it, it can make sense about some of the things that are not understandable by other ways in the chart. So this first quarter moon is that. It's just you can imagine a plant growing like a Walt Disney movie. And then the <laughs> next phase is called the waxing gibbous phase, and that's those moons that it almost looks full, but there's a little section missing. Mm-hmm. And that phase is like the, the, the plant is just about to flower and the bud is there, but it hasn't opened. It's just in the, and that is the place that is in, in service, in, in getting ready. 
And so the, it's like the big growth has happened, but there's a lot of detail to pay attention to. And so the gibbous phase people kind of do that. They, do, they tend to a lot of things and, and preparing for this, this blossoming of the full moon, which comes next. And so the full moon is that full blossom where the plant is just in, in, in the seed has happened, the flower is there, and it's all its glory. And so it's the same. The sun-moon relationship are an equal dynamic. The moon is, 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 is in its first full circle, so it, it's a matching partner to the sun. And um, let me let me just yeah. interrupt for one second. And just mm-hmm. if you've just tuned in, we're uh, li- you're listening to Healthy Options, and uh, we're talking about maintaining health and balance through the lens of astrology, and in particular the way aspects of the moon, and we're we're just mm-hmm. up to the full moon, um, in the lunar cycle uh, affect all of us. And uh, my guest and who we're hearing right now is uh, Arifa Bueller, and Alexandra Merrill is here too, and we'll be uh, continuing that conversation. So we thought we'd, uh, I, I thought the full moon was a moment to just yes, to kind of live in the fullness for a second. And now, right, now we're going to wane. Right, right, so right, let's, right. Uh, let's see and what so happens. And so then, then in the waning cycle, now, so that, that whole <laughs> thing was, um, was the, the, when the energy is building. And so it, it begins to build to the fullness of, the, of this blossoming. And once that's happened, then it's the descending cycle. Then it's the cycle going towards death. And of the of the seed of the plant of, or the next cycle, and so that's what is this whole phase. So it's it has an energy not of building, but of releasing. So the next phase of the waning gibbous moon phase is for the dissemination of the seed or whatever was built in the full. And since this happens every month, we're always in this cycle. So, you know, two weeks from now we'll be in the in the waning um, much, you know, and so we'll be going, it's how do we put this energy out of what was built and learned in the waning, uh, waxing phase. And so the first one is that just dissemination and then it goes to the last quarter. So it's the same as we're in now, but it's the opposite side and it comes up in the night so we don't see it much. But it's it's the waning, uh, the last quarter it's called. And that is has the energy of that first quarter, which has a dynamic energy, but it's much more internal. And it, it's about um, really being willing to look at how are we doing ourselves. And so it's a review of, of consciousness, really. It's, it's said to be a crisis in consciousness. So it's a, how do, how, what has happened here, what worked, what didn't work, and, the, and the, the energy of the quarter moon to take that on to make something else happen differently because we're coming to the end of the cycle. So what do we want to change? What do we want to see different? So it's, it's powerful in its review of things. And then the last quarter is called the balsamic moon phase, and that's really the dark of the moon. And that is when it comes into um, sort of surrender and um, in very extremely internal life and um, not much... Uh, interest or need to be very active in the world out there because it's all about the inner life and so and then that's the end that's the you know it's associated with the new moon and then it's the new and then that's that's when the seed is just waiting in the soil nothing's happening that's the balsamic moon phase and waiting 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 and then for whatever the conditions happen it's time to go again and starts over in the cycle and then this is also in relation to the sun signs so you can have a moon in scorpio or a moon in gemini and and each different phase so you would then 
see the whole picture of where you've come from yeah. or what potential happened when you look at the, the whole picture. So you take the energy and what we know about the different planets and you put it together with what we've described here and where you were born within that, and then we can have a fuller aspect. Oh, you mean you're talking about the chart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The okay. chart. I'm trying to understand how the, what the yeah. connection is, just as because that's a that's a great yeah explanation. How that one works for me is that I'm looking for a healthy balance between the sun part of me and the moon part of me. The moon part of me, however, has eight faces. So in any given moon cycle, I'm rotating through mm -hmm. this eight-phase process while at the same time I'm dealing with a solid face of the sun, mm -hmm. which is not changing. Mm -hmm. So the moon part of us is very mutable mm -hmm. and flexible. Because we're always experiencing it. Every month we go through the phase. About every three days, mm -hmm. the moods are shifting, the moon moods are shifting. And having access to the understanding about this shiftiness mm -hmm. or fickleness, they used to say. The moon is so fickle, she's always changing. Yes, that's but, a sun judgment, isn't it? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. uh, understood, however, the complexity and the elegance of this cycle is very freeing and clarifying mm -hmm. about the state of being during any given month. Mm -hmm. So you can see how your emotions and how mm -hmm. your energy yeah. and how your health mm -hmm. yeah. can change based on mm -hmm. those kinds of connections. And yeah. that if, so having an awareness mm -hmm. of that could be very helpful in terms of, uh, of how we are in our, in the, in our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what led me into wanting to do some moon study mm -hmm. groups. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't how know does that work? we want to... Yeah, you want to talk, talk about a little that bit about that. Yeah, yes, let's talk about yeah. what that what that looks like is a, and then I also want to talk about um, a little bit about how that lives in in the body. Yes, mm -hmm. as well. But I let's talk about the moon groups and what well, what those I, look like. There were two. There are two particular areas of interest for me. That's actually action research mm -hmm. <laughs> parts of me. Uh, one is what will happen in a woman's group, a committed woman's group, over time if the group agrees to track her dreams month after month after month and write them down. We did that for a full year, collecting all the dream images in one common document with the hope that eventually we would analyze that material. We're in the process of starting that decoding, but one of the most fascinating things was and remains a fact like this, for instance, that when the moon is full, this is the time of the month over one whole year, steadily and regularly unfailing, came the wolf, the fox, the coyote, the bear, the cat, the four-leggeds. In the dream images. In the dream images of mm -hmm. one group over one year hmm. and at other uh, moon phases other patterns of image would show up and interestingly enough at the new moon new birth babies uh, hmm. blooming blossoming startup images well that's mm -hmm. that's, that's data 
about the power of the moon in our psyches Mm -hmm. to produce imaginal life. Mm -hmm. So that was one research interest. The other one was about um, the matter of leadership. If a woman knows, is more intimate with her moon and with her moon cycle, can she access the qualities of all eight phases as a leadership strategy? If she knows that this situation, for instance, calls for a full moon intervention, then can she mobilize that energy? Or which of the eight energies is called on? And so we're doing some action research on that too. And it's, it's very exciting because it's just the law of nature mm-hmm. and it's in all of us. Mm-hmm. So we can see harmony and conflict yep. and mm-hmm. the gamut of, yeah. of all relation mm-hmm. within this cycle. One thing I'm thinking about is that um, knowing how unavailable it is, it, it, like even most calendars don't have the moon phases on them. So, you know, if anybody is who's listening is getting intrigued by all this, that there are calendars available that do show the moon phases so you could find out, you could keep track. I, um, we, by the way, you're listening to Healthy Options, and uh, I'm Rhonda Feynman, and my guests here today are Alexandra Merrill and Arifa Beeler, and we're discussing the lunar cycle on health and balance, mm-hmm. and um, really understanding a little bit more about how this affects all of us as we go through our mm-hmm. daily lives, because it's so mutable and changing so much mm-hmm. that we really are living in, in the moon whether we realize it or not. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely. And um, I think it, it's great to hear this, this um, data that's coming forth from your, the dream groups that you're doing, from the dream images, because I'm mostly, uh, um, when doing charts for people, helping them to try to understand how their moons may be giving them information, because the sun energy is pretty clear in all of us. It's pretty obvious. It's not hard. Most people have actually read about their sun signs and know whether it, they relate to it or not. But when you start on the moon sign, it's like, well, how do I, where is it? And how do I know about this? And that's the, um, it's, it is hard because you have to listen to the language of the moon and it would come much more through the dream life and specifically through your body. So aches and pains and um, things that your your body is telling you. I this feels good. Uh, it you know you can feel it in your body. You can feel relaxed, expanded. That's when your moon is happy. And when you feel contracted in your body or tense, then something is off as far as what your moon's needs. And the practice of living through the dictates of how your body feels is very much not in our culture because you know we all know that we're and uh, uh, have an epidemic sleep deprivation, and we know what our food diets are mostly like. And but those are that's all the moon territory. How do we nourish ourselves? How do we take care of ourselves? It, it's not it's not about action or production or making things happen in the world, which is more the sun sign. But it is this place of uh, need of nourishment to what and and all of ours have different needs. I mean, some people need much more time. Than other people need and some people need to pay attention to their diets more than other people do and that is dictated a lot by their moon story and their chart you want to say something no no okay. really okay. you're okay. saying everything i think we need to be saying okay <laughs> okay and but then this and this so this 
um, the moon um, um, from this place of um, of coming from the moon is is also really important in our work life because I've done many charts for people who are very successful in the world in their work life and and then around 40, 45 or something, they all of a sudden are not very, they're very good at what they do, they're making money, everything's fine, but they're not, it's like it's dead. They don't, they're not interested in it. It's like, ugh, life is really boring. And, and the problem is, is that they have not made a career based on something that had to do with their moon. It's been very sun or mercury, which is the mind related or something. And so the moon is actually sort of beneath it all because it's the one that connects us to our own destiny in a sense and the people around us and and it, it makes it's the web of life and so we we if if you not don't have if your life is not coming from the energy of what your moon wants then you feel disconnected and you you're you're alienated and so your work life is fine and successful in the world but it's not connected to who you are as a person so that interface between the sun and moon you know all those skills that the sun has but it has to have this something from the juice of the psyche which is comes from the I, lunar place i hear this is potential energy somehow mm-hmm. the moon is is what feeds the sun you know yeah. if if you think in an electrical system you need something to move the current you need something to make things happen you need just uh-huh. that initial push huh, maybe. Uh, and the moon cycle is a perpetual motion cycle each phase of which is a benevolent energy uh-huh. unfortunately uh, the, the lunar energy gets a bad rap in the culture we call it hysterical well that's Western psychology's label actually underneath that is benevolent perpetual motion mm-hmm. that moves through an organic cycle like a planting cycle it's totally reliable source of energy and it's mm-hmm. renewable but <laughs> as well as sustainable I think there's some money in the recovery package for yes, this. I we, think could, we could just seriously start, stimulus you know, here we go right, here we go yeah. write the grant <laughs> just have to reframe the reputation of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, you know, based on what we're what we're hearing here, I don't see the hysterical lunatic thing. Where did what what is that? I think in the, the werewolf, west, you know, in the west, it comes out of thousands of years of patriarchal marginalizing of the feminine energy and the woman's body and the menstrual cycle bleeding unhealthy unclean go out to the hut and do whatever you do out there in the hut but don't tell us about it that was the women's mystery hut that's where the moon lived and now slowly we're in this renaissance of the feminine principle, power, and politics, you could say. And uh, there is a return to the balance. Mm-hmm. It's a huge, I think it's a global motion mm-hmm. as well as an individual motion. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a, an un, you, if you talk to people in hospitals, you know, things get crazy on the full moon. Mm-hmm. It's, do, do you think that's the unconscious aspect? 
Well, moon? that's what I was thinking that why where it got the lunacy is because it's, it's unconscious. It's out of it's not controllable. It's it's not understood. You can like here we're trying to talk about it and put language to it, but it's it's very difficult to say. Well, it's this place in the body that blah blah blah, blah like that and yes, it's, and it it reduces to comments like oh well, she's in her time of month. We have to excuse her. Mm-hmm. Uh. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm yes. But it's the unconscious aspect mm-hmm. of it. If, if if one had the same consciousness about the moon cycle as a sun cycle, then when you would feel more stirred up at a full moon or at a time mm-hmm. of your cycle, there would be more of an understanding. Yes. It's not necessarily, I, I think it's that you may be affected by that kind of mm-hmm. moon energy, but if it's unconscious, then it plays out in unproductive or perhaps unwholesome or whatever, however you want to call Mm it, ways. Mm -hmm. So when I feel that energy, you know, I don't know, I should go drive very fast and drink, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, or when I, because somehow I don't know why, or when I feel some other energy, you know, I'm really depressed in the new moon. So, you know, I should definitely distract myself in some other way. Mm -hmm. So I'm just seeing that the unconscious can be pathological. Mm-hmm. It can also be very... And it can be pathologized very, by people who are afraid of it. That's, that's mm-hmm. the and other And between piece. those two words <laughs> lies our history. Mm-hmm. Let's let that sink in for a minute. You're listening to Healthy Options. I'm Rhonda <laughs> Feynman. We are listening to WERU-FM. We're here with uh, Alexandra Merrill and Arifa Beeler. They've worked together for many years, over a decade at maybe 15, and um, working with uh, astrological study and women's group process work. And they come from a long history of uh, Alexandra in terms of collaborations and understanding process and women's process and group dynamics. And uh, Arifa has uh, been studying astrology since 1972 and also comes from many modalities of flower essence therapy, plant spirit medicine, and brings all of this together as uh, they discuss and teach about the astrological aspects and uh, group process aspects of the moon, amongst other Uh aspects of astrology. So now we know what the, how life out of balance can Uh look without this consciousness. Uh Let's talk a little bit about group, about the process, the group process and how that affects us in terms of how we're working with other individuals and um, in, in the world. Well, we have two kinds of groups going. Mm-hmm. One is a five-day retreat where we look at the whole cosmology. It's really a learning. It's an experiential learning mm-hmm. workshop. And another kind of work is one we've started doing, which is a nine-month monthly meeting, a menstrual cycle. We run through nine, mm-hmm. nine full months of from conception to closure, and uh, look at how the lunation cycle, the thing we've just been talking about, plays out in the individual lives of women in that group and at the group and systems level. So that the moon is always in her cycle. We are always in that phase, but every individual might be in a particular place in herself. So the five-day retreat is an introduction to astrological experience Mm -hmm. and the moon groups are going 
deeper and deeper into the matter of the moon and, and the not substance. Really learning astrology per se. No, we're Whereas studying our our connection, our trying to become more intimate and more articulate mm -hmm. with the lunar principle, mm -hmm. lunar conscience and consciousness mm -hmm. over time. So they're very they're quite different mm -hmm. teaching forms. What would you add? Well, I would add actually what we're planning on doing is that fusion of those two. That's true. That we want to do. Um, starting in, in to do it in Maine rather than where we do our five days been in Ohio to do it in Maine and do it over a um, three week and long weekend session and it would be have the format of the studying astrology you know literally learning the system and so it's for people who are interested in that and also but do it with this moon moon phase women's group women's understanding with that as a very strong component. integrated into In, yeah. the cosmology so it's not just yeah. a solar culture yeah. model yeah so all sorts of different things would come up do you see it since you've run so many groups over your uh, professional professional life um, uh, Alexandra do you see that having this moon aspect changes the dynamic or it just puts what you usually see or what is I mean every groups individual but there must be some typical aspects that come as a, as a group lives and grows. And, uh, do you see it differently with that moon aspect um, lens? Or that's a, or it's a great question. I think what's happening to me as I stay here under the moon is I'm remembering something that I always knew, but no one ever taught me. And the laws of group dynamics and organizational behavior are so solar identified that there's no mention in them of the moon, let alone the elements. So by staying over time like this, uh, the inherent benevolence of this moon cycle simply arises into the consciousness of the system with just the fewest uh, bits of coaching oh we say oh it's always been this way how come nobody ever taught us about this why why didn't we know how intricate and how elegant and how gentle and how benevolent is this moon energy so it's having a, a, a big effect on my work in the world and the way I am in my leadership positions because I am no longer, I, I, I have shifted my location from solar to lunar. And I watch process with different eyes. And the most remarkable thing I see now is that there is no tendency to go to war. There is aggressive energy. And it wants to be worked with in the service of peace, not in the service of chaos because the lunar cycle in itself is not chaotic. It's always for the good of the whole thing. So there's a very big um, pacifist, peaceful energy that reveals itself in the group that's willing to slow down and listen. That so, was a long answer. No, it's a great answer, and it's another way of sitting with conflict and yeah. diversity. Yeah. And... Mm. And it's, disagreement. The, 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 it's eight pattern diversity, and you 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 know, 
you go through eight phases of yourself in every, any given month, and the aggressive energy is in all of them, but none of it leads to war. Yeah. And it's also, it, it's sort of like the bowing to mm -hmm. the phenomenology of this natural mm -hmm. cycle that exists everywhere, and That's that right. nature is based on it. It's just taking a while for me to remember that those are my governing principles as yeah. a woman. That is the, those are the rules my body follows, my mother's body followed, mm -hmm. all the way backwards. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I just seem to be developing a devotion to talking about this. Do you feel that living out of that balance can, would lead to um, emotional and physical unwellness? Do you see it as a... You mean out of the balance of the, of that the moon? sun moon? Mm -hmm. Oh, without question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it does because it, the sun really on its own does burn out. There's nothing regulating it. It just shines. But the moon has these cycles, and it, it's the closest body to the earth. So of, the, uh, out of these bodies that we're talking about in astrology, it's the one that's nearest by. So it's the one we have the closest relationship with that affects us the most. And it is, it is the regulator, and we have to have regulation. We have to have this cycle of rising and falling always for their life to be sustained as the natural world is teaching us. And so we have to have it in our own psyches. We have to have it in every system of our own culture. And if we don't bow to that, then we know that the natural world takes care of that by getting out of balance and, and showing us what the out of balancedness is. Maybe giving a symptom like a headache or mm -hmm. yeah. a certain crankiness. That's, those are the two I notice most, or uh, fitful sleeping yeah. when I forget who's really in charge of me. Mm -hmm. And I have to wake up and say, oh, I'm mm -hmm. not sleeping. Oh, well, there's the moon. Mm -hmm. I forgot you. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I think just to bring in quickly, this is not... I mean, I'm just, it's like another plug here for something of the natural world in astrology is that the beauty of a, the astrological um, lens is the elemental lens. Mm -hmm. And so that it, that besides this natural cycle of the, of the lunation cycle that's embedded in astrology is this, um, the, the phenomenon of the four elements. And so it's always in a person's psyche and in their bodies, it's talking about their elemental balance. So are they mostly fire? Are they mostly air? Are they balanced between water and earth? What is it? And that, that literally a life can teach, a person can teach themselves by paying attention to that element, the, the real element. So we talked mm -hmm. about the water element a little bit. Maybe you could briefly just, give just a run through it just, little, just quickly, quickly so we can have a, a context. Yeah. Well, fire, fire element is, has to do with psyche and spirit, and it's about inspiration. So fire people are that. They are the inspirers of and very aligned with um, spirit energy. And then earth is ground, grounded, practical, earth plane, starts from the tangible world, starts from the ground. And, um, and air is of the mind and communication and ideas. They're in charge of culture and getting across information, like we're doing a very air thing today. Radio is a communication thing, as we all know. And then water is as on the emotional realm. So it's psyche... Uh, physical, mental, and emotional is the, on the elemental fire, earth, air, water. And it just, but the, the learning, the teaching we can take into ourselves by watching the element that we are, and, and our, especially our sun and moon, 
and then seeing how we balance that in ourselves energetically. It's a so that's another aspect. And finally, we're just composed of elements mm-hmm. as humans. Yeah. So it's we divide down into all those periodic cha- table of elements, right? So the elemental connection to the cosmos is who we are. Mm-hmm. That For all me. the natural world is made All the natural world. Mm-hmm. When we don't separate ourselves from it. Mm-hmm. Let's let that sink in for a second. Again, healthy options here. Um, You are tuned to WERU and um, Rhonda Feynman. And I'm here today with Alexandra Miracle. 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 You're a miracle. (laughs) Alexandra Merrill and Arifa Beeler. And we are discussing how we to maintain health and balance through the lens of astrology and in particular the way the aspects of the moon, the lunar cycle, can affect all of us. So... I think we're, while we're talking about this as uh, an individuals and in the group, we also can see this as a cultural, societal mm-hmm. influence. And what people are experiencing now, let's mm-hmm. say economically mm-hmm. or culturally, has many aspects of this. And would you, how would you say, so I would imagine that what's happening, let's say, with an economic situation would resonate differently in each of us depending on where we are. In our cycle, can you hmm. think? Do you see that when you're doing your charts and when you're working with your, the groups? That I mean, the cultural aspect, definitely the big world aspect, huge archetypal process happening in the little micro motion of a group, and then even in a smaller level, in an individual. Yes, you want? Can you say something, Reef, about the huge moment? You mean about the Pluto and Capricorn? Capricorn and yeah. Um, yeah, I guess yes. Yeah, there is. Of course, it's it's a very um, it's a it's a phenomenology that it, that that works with um, astrology. That um, that as the movement of the planet Pluto, which is now called a planetoid, moves through signs, uh, which it takes a long time because it's so far out, it strongly affects the the man- how the the collective unconscious of the society the human society manifests and it's unbelievably predictable of what's going to happen depending on what sign that is in and since pluto is a planet that demands transformation and change and it's the birth and death uh, planet that um, something has to die in order for something to be reborn it's a very intense transformative process that takes place on the collective level and so we are just leaving we're in a shifting of that time right now so we're leaving Pluto being in Sagittarius which is very expansive and um, out uh, all, all possibilities and and always asking the question of of what is the meaning of life and basically our, our relationship to divinity and so we've had to go through this, these years of Pluto in, in Sagittarius where the wars have been fought about God and the rise of the various um, fundamentalism and jihadness and that we know these things. And there's been a major shift of the human psyche in that realm. And we've expanded, as we know, mightily in all realms and not very grounded. And now Pluto has now moved into the next sign, which is Capricorn. And this started in January of 08. And then it it was kind of waffled a little bit for last year. And then in December of, of 08, it went into Capricorn for good. So now we're in Capricorn until 2023. And Capricorn is an Earth sign, and it's all about 
humans building a relationship that is sustainable with the resources of the earth, building a society. Capricorn is the earth sign is concerned with building society in a sustainable way. So now here we are. And it just to watch these phenomena happen and all of a sudden the world sustainable is on the radio everywhere and that we're all thinking about recycling and that we're all thinking about all the things that Capricorn would have wanted us to, us to do long ago. But since we're not in, since our economic system was not based on ground, that it has to come down to what is real. Because Capricorn is an earth sign, so it's always asking the question, what is real? What's concrete? What's physical? So it's getting back to what is real and what can we can count on, and we're going to have to go through this time. And what will help this planet survive? Exactly. And or yeah, well, the planet will be fine. It's the human society that'll kill itself. And uh, and so well, whoa, yeah. whoa, that's <laughs> another yeah. edge. <laughs> but it's or, or not, yeah, or not. But I mean, I think that's what we have to do now. We have to. These are the Capricornian concerns. Capricornian concerns. Yes, it's a, a sustainable relationship with the resources that we have. And. Uh, a breaking up of false illusions. Yeah. And Capricorn is the sign that thinks seven generations mm. naturally. That's what they do. It's a traditional sign. Thinks family, tradition, how do we make, you know, build a society that keeps going with, so it has enough to live with on, on the earth plane. So that's where we're all, we're all in that process now. Mm -hmm. And that we can see it happening is amazing. It just, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, to watch it take place and value daily. So that that and that particular configuration, like you asked about the personal and the collective, that is affecting some people stronger. It's affecting all of us. But some people have things in their charts that that is really you know their lives are going through that kind of metamorphosis, like Alexander was saying. So it's wow. Well, here we are mm -hmm. at the end of an hour Woo. once again. Yeah, we've done it. We've been speaking with uh, Alexandra Merrill and Arifa Bueller, and they've been talking to us about maintaining health and balance through the lens of astrology. In particular, the way aspects of the moon, the lunar cycle, affect us all. I think we've come through the entire eight phases and of, the, of the moon here in this one hour. If you would like to contact uh, my guests, um, their website, Patterns of Fate, that's one word, PatternsofFate.com, is a good place to... Uh, check out and uh, also alexandramerrill.com that's one word also alexandramerrill.com so you can um, you can contact people through through the internet and I want I'm Rhonda Feynman and I want to just thank you so much for being with us today here on healthy options and um, just stay tuned to WERU FM thanks <laughs>